this morning, I want to share with you a, a word from the Lord, and I believe God has given this word for you. God has this word for you, and because I believe that God can use ordinary people just like you and me. I was an ordinary person, and I'm, and I'm still an ordinary person, but when I surrender myself to the Lord, I believe God can turn me from the ordinary to become an extraordinary. And He will do the same for you. You have to trust the Lord. You have to avail yourself to the Lord because great things are coming to you and for you. And I like, I like passing by this church. You know, miracles will happen. You know, wow. You know, that, that, that word miracle is, is so huge, you know, that uh, we can see it from afar, right from the main road. Miracles will happen when you turn yourself to the Lord from just being ordinary to become extraordinary. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, I ask, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you will breathe life into the precious word that we are about to read and that you will cause our minds and our hearts to be totally open to the move of the Holy Spirit through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Father, Lord, you will breathe life into the letter of your word. The scripture says the letter kills, but it is the spirit that gives life. And I ask, Holy Spirit, ignite the word. And our spirit will come alive as we receive it into our hearts. I subject every wandering thoughts to the obedience of Christ even right now. I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that our minds, our hearts, our ears will be open to what you are going to say to us. In Jesus' mighty name, I ask and I pray. Amen. 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 From ordinary to extraordinary. James chapter 5 and verse 17, the scripture declares that Elijah was an ordinary man like us. He prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. We know this story. For those of us that grew up in Sunday school and children's ministry, we know this story that God raised up Elijah at a moment in the history of Israel to bring Israel back from a state of backsliddenness to the glory of God. Ahab was a bad king. Ahab worshipped idol. Ahab caused the nation of Israel to degrade spiritually and to add to the problem. He married a wife that was far away from God. Not only far away from God, but Terribly found in idolatry. And that drew the whole nation into a state of corruption, spiritual corruption. But God raised up a man, Elijah, an ordinary man, obedient to the Holy Spirit, obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to appear before King Ahab and to declare that there will be no rain and we all know Israel will be totally destroyed if there's no rain. The economy of the nation will be totally destroyed. Famine and starvation would happen. Now when you appear before the king and what you say is not true, off comes your head. Is it true? 
But he knew that that was the word that was given to him. And true enough, for three and a half years, there was no rain in Israel. There was no rain at all. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that this man had been with Jesus. Had been with Jesus. God raised up Peter and John to preach before the thousands. And many accepted the Lord, opened their heart to the gospel. And notice that they were ordinary men. Not only ordinary, but they were uneducated, unschooled. Friends, God can use the unschooled. It doesn't mean that we have degrees that we will do well in life. But men and women that are surrendered to the Lord, God can use you mightily. And the scripture says, they took note, note that this man had been with Jesus. Elijah prayed for no rain. Peter and John also prayed. But the difference is, they had been with Jesus. God can turn you from ordinary to extraordinary when you pray and when you are found in the presence of Jesus. This is the two-pronged work of God to turn you from ordinary to extraordinary. When you pray and when you are in the presence of Jesus. What do we do in the presence of Jesus? We hear His heart. We know His will. We follow His counsel. The Word of God is the counsel of God. The Word of God is the direction of God. Friends, it's not good enough to just pray. But we must also be in the presence of Jesus to hear what He has to say. Prayer is you talking to God. But the Word is God responding to you by speaking His will, His direction to you. And hence, it's not good enough to be in prayer. You must read the Word and hear what He has to say from His Word. Ordinary people can become extraordinary when they pray and be found in the presence with Jesus. The ordinary can become extraordinary when it is found in the right context, that is, in a conducive environment for its transformation. God will put you in situations where the extraordinary that God has poured into your life can be in manifestation. I believe with all of my heart that God pours gifts upon us. But gifts that we receive in our lives can only be operation when He puts us in the right context 
in the right moments before transformation can take place. God will use you when He grants you spiritual gifts. But you have to go into the right environment, right circumstances, before those operations of the gifts becomes real, transforming lives and blessed through your empowerment. Hallelujah. We're going to look at some passage of Scripture that will help us to understand even better because these are just ordinary men, ordinary circumstances, ordinary moments where extraordinary situations can come around. Firstly, we see ordinary handkerchiefs. Ordinary handkerchiefs. Are we getting it? Okay, great. In Acts chapter 19 and verses 11 here. Perhaps we can just turn to that. I have not uh, put it on the uh, slides, but we can refer to that. Those of you that have your hard copies or your electronics. Acts chapter 19 and verse 11. God gave Paul the power to transform unusual miracles. Verse 12. When handkerchiefs or aprons that were merely touched, that had merely touched his skin, were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. God used the disciples. God used the apostles. God used those that are surrendered to Him. Paul was just a human being. Paul was just an ordinary person. And he could only be in one place at one time. Just like me, I'm in, in Australia now. I'm not in Malaysia. But not God. God is here right now and in Australia for Christ. But God is also back home at Glad Tidings PJ. Because He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. I've got good news for you too. The devil can also be in one place at one time. Hello? Because the devil is not omnipresent. If he is in Russia, he's not in Australia. <laughs> I heard somebody saying that. The demonic spirits can be a lot of places, but the devil can only be one place at one time. But good news, Jesus, His Holy Spirit, is with us all the time. Present with us all the time. And so Paul couldn't be in so many places. The miracles that he wrought drew crowds and multitudes. People followed him. But there were many needs that were around. The sick couldn't come. And so he had, you know, he just couldn't be in two places at the same time. 
circumstantially, all he could do is, like what the scripture says, anointing handkerchiefs. And passing on those handkerchiefs to be brought home to lay on the sick. My friends, God uses different methods to the glory of God. God uses different methods. But we must hear from God. Not just becoming copycats. Hearing from the Lord is important. I remember as a, as a very young a Christian and as a very young minister of God, you know, I would watch videos of Danny Hinn, you know, and powerful ministry, yeah? I mean, as, you know, we are just young in the ministry, so we, we just need to watch some of these great men of God. And he would take out his coat and he would throw the coat to the congregation and those that catch the coat, even before that they could reach the coat, they were down. I said, wow, that's powerful. And so some of the Christians and, and ministers in Malaysia begin to copy what Benny Hinn did. <laughs> they threw the coat. But their coat have not been washed for many months. <laughs> Nothing happened. Why? Why is it so? Because we are not hearing from God. What we do, we must act on what we have heard from the Spirit. We cannot be copycats. In the kingdom of God, God does not grant anointings to copycats because everything that God produces is original. Can I hear amen? amen. Everything that God produces is original. It must be fresh. It must be anointed. It must be alive at that moment. Ordinary five loaves and two fish. John chapter 6 and verse 1 to verse 14. A very familiar passage of scripture. Perhaps it is good to refresh ourselves. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of, of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd grew following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous sign as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to him to look for him. For him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we vibrate to feed these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young lad here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. 
But after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. And so they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet that we have been expecting. Powerful story. The crowd has been following Jesus. And Jesus wanted to go into a place where he could have intimacy with his Lord. So he took that boat across the Sea of Galilee to Bethsaida. Bethsaida is the hometown of Philip. There is an important link to Bethsaida and to Philip. Because Jesus asked Philip, give them something to eat. In other words, Philip coming from Bethsaida would have known where are the shops that sell bread. He knew where the food are located. Friends, let me tell you this. When God wants to do a miracle, He can do it without our help. Hello? Without our help. When we come to our reservoir, when it is dry, that's where we need to come to the one that is able to fill that reservoir. When there's a sense of bankruptcy, when there's a sense where, Lord, I have come to the end of my resource, it says, Lord, it is you and you alone that I'm depending upon. Friends, run after the healer, not the healing. Because it is the healer that gives permanent healing. It is the healer that gives a permanent fixture to our situation. You know, we human beings are very funny. We will, you know, when it comes to a medical condition, we will run from one doctor to another doctor to another doctor to another doctor, and when every doctor seems to say the same thing, then we come to Jesus. <laughs> when actually, in reality, we should be going to Jesus first. Is it true? Same with a loan. We run from one bank to another bank to another bank to another bank and when all the banks give us the same answer, then we come to the prime meeting and say, Jesus, please help me. When we should be doing the opposite, coming to Him first. The owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, gave thanks, distributed it. And the rest is history. An ordinary boy, an ordinary boy, ordinary bread, ordinary fish. And how did the story end up? Twelve basket fools. Scripture says 5,000 men Mathematically speaking, 
Let's say every man has one wife. <laughs> Alright? One wife. That will be 10,000. Let's say this husband and wife has one child. Okay? One child. That will make 15,000. If two, if three, if four. So, conservatively, 5,000 is just recorded. There are definitely more than 5,000. Wow. Ordinary five loaves and two fish. Ordinary two mites. Luke chapter 21. Verse 1 to verse 4. I like this passage of Lord because this passage really reveals to us and gives to us the workings of our mighty God. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Now, let me remind you, this is not a parable. This is a true happening. All right? So in other words, it's not a parable. It's not a story. It's a true happening. It's an observation. Jesus observed the people and he turned his observation into a teaching lesson for his disciples and for you and I today. Then a poor woman came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she has. Wow! Ordinary two mites. Some translations say two copper coins. Those days we don't have paper notes like we have today. And when you put in your, your money, it makes a sound. People know how much you give. The heavy ones would be like, boom. Those with low value would be, bing. So Jesus observed. And finally, this widow came with two copper coins. He asked his disciples, who gave more? Mathematically speaking, again, no rocket science. Obviously, the rich people, but Jesus said, no, no, it is this poor widow. Because she gave everything. There were no remainders, there were no surplus left behind. I want to take you to the story, a true story that I read in a magazine called, in a, in a small little mag magazine called The Prayer Mountain. It recorded the story of Dr. David Yongyi Cho receiving a dream from God to build a church, today presently called the Hyodo Fu Gospel Church in Korea. So the Lord gave him a dream and the Lord says, this is the church that you're going to bless thousands upon thousands. He waited upon the Lord and the Lord 
confirm it to his heart and so he challenged his church. He says, God has given this dream to me. And I believe it is from the Lord and we are going to pray and believe that God is going to help us to build this church for the glory of God. Let me tell you this. The state of Dr. Cho's members, 80% of his members were peasants. In other words, farmers. In other words, people that would more or less have their income, you know, from hand to mouth. So it came to a, a, the day when, you know, the people were bringing in their offerings and their gifts to the Lord. Everyone came down the aisles and were dropping into the box. And finally there was this old lady coming down with a walking stick. She walked down the aisles and she came up to Dr. Cho. And Dr. Cho recognized her. Says, Mama, why are you coming, Mama? He said, Pastor, I have to play my part and my role to build the house of God. God has given you a vision and I believe it is God dropping that vision into your heart. And I'm going to be part of that vision. I'm going to be a partner of that vision. She brought her broken rice bowl to Dr. Cho. And Dr. Cho held the arms of this member. Mama, I can't take this rice bowl from you because it is your livelihood. You see, she uses her broken rice bowl to ask for arms. To those, you know, who would pass by, you know, when they see her, you know, they would drop some money. So if she surrenders her rice bowl, what is she going to use? Her bare hands. Dr. Cho says, no, Mama, I can't. Says, no, Pastor, you have to. Because I am going to partner with you to build the house of God. And with that, Dr. Cho embraced Mama. And tears were flowing down. I liken this story like this woman that gave her ordinary two mites. Brothers and sisters, God can use you as ordinary as you are. It is not how big your gifts, but it's how big your heart is. Your willingness, your sacrifice. Because the Bible says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Are you obeying what the Spirit of God puts in your heart? To be a partner, to share in what God wants to do in establishing His kingdom. Lessons of generosity. And finally, ordinary acts of kindness in Luke chapter 19, verses one to verse 10. 19 verse 1 to verse 10. 
Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to his home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Powerful story. Ordinary acts of kindness. Friends, tax collectors in the days of Jesus are very unrighteous people. Because what you declare on your income tax form as you submit them annually, if it is 10,000 Aussie dollar, the tax collector of those days will say, 10,450. So you know, what is that 450? Where this 450 is going to? Into his pocket. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. In other words, it's much more. He will take a cut from every of his tax collector. Chief tax collector. But I want to let you know this. Two miracles took place in this story. Miracle number one. Jesus was just passing by. But he had to stop at the sycamore fig tree. And he looked up and he called Zacchaeus by his name. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house, your home as a guest. How in the world Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name? Because he is the all-knowing God. Brothers and sisters, I don't know many of your names. I know Casey because he picked me up from the airport. I know Daniel because he's in my class, the leadership class on Tuesday. Perhaps these two, of course, Pastor Alexandra, Pastor Louis, Pastor Joshua, Eileen or Eileen? All right. we, we pronounce in Malaysia, Eileen. <laughs> All right? So I know these individuals, just these few individuals among 
you. But Jesus knew Zacchaeus, the all-knowing God. As you are seated here today, God knows you by your name. And He knows your needs, my friends. He knows exactly what is your need. Because He's God. He's the all-knowing God. There's nothing that we can hide from God, my friends. He knows you. This morning as you comb your hair in front of the mirror, God has his big calculator. He just deducted some hairs that dropped. <laughs> he knows you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how detailed God knows about us. Miracle number two. Jesus accepted Zacchaeus' status as a chief tax collector. No matter how far is your relationship with God, He loves you the same. No matter how much of sin you have been or is still in, He accepts you. Hello? He accepts you. Even if you are in a state of backslidden, He knows you. And He will receive you if you will return to Him. God's arms are wide open to receive us if we would come to Him. You know, that day, Zacchaeus, salvation came to Zacchaeus and his family. Yes, I say this, because Zacchaeus became born again on that day. And how do I know that? How do I know that? Because Zacchaeus declared, and he said this in verse 8, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times. That's how I know that he became born again. Because repentance in the days of Jesus is the reverse of our actions and of our ways. Repentance is 180 degrees. Not 360 degrees, huh? <laughs> Let me demonstrate. 180 is like this. Opposite direction. But 360 is... You're back to square one. Friends, Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus that very day because he's able to give back four times to those who have cheated, to those he has cheated. The Bible is full of ordinary people doing extraordinary things for God. When they learn to yield and to surrender their lives and their talents to the Lord. God can use anyone. If God can use the old mama, 
that gave away her broken rice bowl to Dr. Cho to build that first church, the Huyodo Full Gospel Church. God can use anyone. Jim Rohn says, success is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. The true call of a Christian is not to do extraordinary things, but to do ordinary things in an extraordinary way. Friends, I want to say this to you. Every single one of us here seated in this auditorium, we qualify. We qualify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to ask you, my friend, to believe God that God can touch you use you, heal you, deliver you, save you, all at once, today, now, if you would surrender your life to Him. Believe Him that as ordinary as you are, when you come to Him, He can turn you around. He can give you a life of hope, a life of blessing, a life that is satisfying, a life that you will find fulfilling and full of meaning for the glory of God. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Do it once again in our lives. Touch us, dear Lord. To those of us, dear Lord, that are seeking direction for our lives, shine your light of God upon the pathway right now, even as your word has been declared. Because you have said, Lord, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You've given us light, dear Lord. Help us to use it to shine it upon our path that we might discover hope today. Father, thank you that you know us by name. You know our conditions. You know exactly what we need today in our lives. God, I come to you with an open heart, with a need that only you can meet this day. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I'm going to ask you to respond to the Word of God. Because I always believe that God wants His church to respond to Him every time when the Word is given. 
So if you are here, seated in this auditorium this morning, and you have come here, and you have never had any personal relationship with Jesus. Friends, I have this to say to you, attending church does not make you a Christian. Attending church does not make you a Christian. But it is establishing that relationship with Jesus. Inviting Him into your heart as Lord and Saviour. It is not even attending church and becoming a member of the church that makes you a Christian. It is you confessing Christ with your mouth and believing in your heart that He is Lord and Saviour that makes you a true believer of the Lord Jesus Christ.